Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. This is the Great America Show. Welcome to the show, and great to have you with us in these stirring times we Americans live in. How times have changed and are changing still. We were once the envy of the world, and now I'm not so sure. We've been faced with lots of fundamental choices over the past almost half century, and our leaders have often made poor choices, choices that made our nation poorer, and of course you and I can't escape our own responsibility in choosing such leaders over the decades, and tolerating ineptitude and unprincipled leadership in the White House. Two leaders stand out for their clarity of American values and vision and concrete achievements in the national interest, President Ronald Reagan and President Donald Trump. And while they both are historic figures and became heroes in the Republican Party, they both also excited the vicious enmity of the Democrat Party. Both leaders were assailed and assaulted, President Reagan, by attempted assassination, and President Trump by relentless political persecution on the part of the Marxist left and the deep state that goes on to this very day. Our guest today is Lee Smith, columnist, investigative reporter, best-selling author. Lee wrote the book, The Plot to Overthrow the President, which was the basis of the documentary of the same title. Lee's latest book is The Permanent Coup, How Enemies, Foreign and Domestic, Targeted the American President. I highly recommend both books to you. Lee Smith, it is great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Welcome, my friend. Lou Dobbs, thank you for inviting me back once again. I'm glad I haven't worn out my welcome yet. So thank you very much for, for uh, bringing me on today. So let me, uh, let me start with uh, January 6th. I know this yes. is unusually mm-hmm. timely for me, but uh, the January 6th <laughs> committee, I cannot believe that these fools are going ahead mm-hmm. with this uh, this sham, this charade, uh, this farce, but they don't realize yet. You know, they're the clowns, uh, center yeah. ring in the circus. I, I really think that's the issue here, uh, a lack of uh, self-knowledge. What do you think? Well, I mean, we're going to see what this, what this circus looks like. Um, with their first, uh, you know, first live hearings on Thursday. And uh, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm a little concerned about it. I was speaking recently with our uh, colleague and friend, the great Julie Kelly, who's, you know, whose work covering right. January 6th and his aftermath is, is absolutely invaluable. And, um, and in our discussion, we came up with a, uh, a very dark scenario and I think it's not unlikely um, that the, the ultimate aim here is for the January 6th committee to partner with Biden's um, fanatical uh, DOJ and to move toward arresting Donald Trump. And, um, you know, I, 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 th- I think that that's where they want to go. I mean, you know, they 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 tried to charge him with obstruction uh, during the you know, during the Mueller uh, charade. They they impeached him. They are they are determined 
to punish not only Donald Trump, but they are determined to punish uh, the uh, you know that anyone who didn't vote for Joe Biden. And, and that's what this will result in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually concerned about that. So while they are, while everyone from uh, Adam Schiff to Liz Cheney are vicious, sinister buffoons, um, they can do a lot of damage. And I, I, I think their, their plan is to do a lot of damage and it's to move, you know, I mean, what they did to Peter Navarro. I, I mean, they put Peter Navarro in handcuffs. I mean, what happens? And leg irons. Right. Leg irons. Right. What happens if they move to do the same to the former president of the United States? But I, I think that's where uh, I think that's where they would like it to go. They would like that. to. You know, that's very disturbing, obviously. Yeah. To everyone and certainly this audience. Uh, it's it's it, you know, it's just possible that this could happen uh, mm-hmm. because everything that has been impossible has happened. So yeah. I, I'm with you considering this and with Julie considering this, I have to take it very seriously. I, 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 I hope that they don't go that far because if they yeah. go that far, uh, the, the country will be in crisis immediately. Oh, uh, I, I, I agree. Yeah. And I, I don't think that that crisis is one that would uh, certainly benefit the Marxist Dems who are leading the Democrat Party. As mad as these people are, as venal as these people are, uh, they may have lost complete contact with their own vulnerability, their own limitations. Uh, What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think they're lunatics, by which I mean that they're not just crazy, but that there really is something that happens in Washington. They're all looking at each other. They're all speaking to each other. They hear from the people, uh, they hear from their donors. They hear from like-minded people and they have no sense of, of how this will be received outside of their bubble. Um, the, the other possibility, of course, is that they're, they're, they're planning to incite troubles inside the country. I tend to think it's the first. I think that a lot of their grand schemes and a lot of their grand plans, uh, for instance, you know, their, their, their climate change policies, I think they're incapable of looking very far down the road and seeing how this will, you know, tr- trying to game this out. But um, I mean, I mean, if you, if, if you look again at what they, they tried to do with Mueller, I mean, the big move was to move to an obstruction charge once they found there was no room to, um, you know, th- th- there was no evidence of Russian collusion or, of course, conspiracy with the Russian Federation. That would have been something like the charge. Um, they moved to obstruction. And, and this is how a lot of January 6th defendants right now are being charged, obstruction uh, of an, an official proceeding. And, and I, 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 again, I think it's possible. This is a terrible scenario, but I think it's possible that's what they're going to do to Donald Trump. There is this obstruction, this uh, this obstruction charge hanging out there, and they want to hang uh, hang it on him for January sixth, and they're going to tie him up with the uh, with the Proud Boys um, and with the Oath Keepers. You saw what happened recently that the leader of the Proud Boys, um, I believe the name is Enrique Enrique Terrio, he was charged. And a number mm-hmm. of Proud Boys were charged with seditious conspiracy, which is absolutely nuts. But um, I, again, I, I, I think that this is this is a possibility, and it's extremely worrisome. And, uh, and and there you go. This is where these people have led us. This is where they've led the country. Well, 
you know what is immediately disturbing as we think about this and consider it, and I haven't considered it before this. Uh, the Republican Party leadership is so weak, there wouldn't be a response from them. Uh, that is, it is the Democrats were gaming this out, strategizing. I'm sure that was right. that played uh, very large in their considerations. Uh, mm-hmm. And what do you think? I, I, I don't know what the Republican Party uh, response would be. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I, th- I think that they would have to respond to this. Clearly, what's happened since January 6th is the Republican Party, aside from a few aside from a few members like Marjorie Taylor Greene, God bless her, have have sat in the background because I imagine leadership's position is this. It's like, hey, let Joe Biden and the Dems run America into the ground and come November 2022, uh, independents will have no choice but to lean our way in the elections. The important thing is, everyone, keep your heads down. Don't make a lot of noise. And that's been especially true of January 6th. Don't say anything about January 6th. So what if they're letting our base get rolled up? So what if the DOJ, uh, Merrick Garland is redefining, Merrick Garland, Christopher Ray, and DHS are redefining our base as domestic terrorists. Never mind, let it go. We'll see what happens on November, uh, you know, no, November 2022. I think if they were to make a move against, you know, against the former president of the United States, the still leader of the Republican Party, I would imagine that would I would have to force the hands of some of them. They would they would have to get out there and make some noise at that point. I imagine. I hope, including Mitch McConnell. Mm, probably. I don't know. That's a very good question. I'm not sure if he's one of them. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy. I think I, I I don't you know I don't I don't know either of them personally well enough to know how they would think about these things. But it strikes me that McCarthy would 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 have to speak out. Yeah, well, speaking wouldn't do much, would it? You're uh, right. I mean, if, if, if this was to be You're resp- right. Just if the response like, to this. About? Speaking out, if they, right. Uh, it's, if they were to arrest the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, right. and the best we heard from the Republican Party was rhetoric, and I'm sure right. passionate rhetoric, uh, it would be a bit <laughs> accompli, yeah. and right. uh, history would be rewritten. Yeah, uh, because without leaders, and by the way, the Republican Party has no leaders. I've mentioned yeah. two of the people who have leadership roles, but they're not right. leaders. Agreed. Uh, yeah. And there is only one leader, and that is Donald J. Trump. Right. It, it's it is a party bereft of courage, principle. Uh, vision, because Donald Trump uh, is the man. Uh, right. And and there, by the way, there was the same situation before he arrived on the scene in, in 2015 mm-hmm. to, to run right. for president of the United States. The party is no bigger, no better. I mean, I'm listening to Paul Ryan the other day, Lee. Yeah. My Lord, what a vacuous, innocuous, I know. awful, I know. whining, wussy, wimp uh, this guy <laughs> and he, is. And, and he constitutes the intellectual fire yeah, you know, he's power a, of the it, Republican establishment. Yeah, there's not much there. Do you remember when they were calling him a wonk on the budget? Yes, a wonk. Right. That was the big... <laughs> uh, 
the man doesn't have the intellect to wonk, uh, you know, a coloring right. book. Uh, right. It is absurd. What he knows I, about the budget could be is in a thimble somewhere. Right. I, I think the essential point is is the one you made about wonk. Who, what American mothers raise their children to be wonks, yeah. right? What, what kind of a role is that? What kind of a life is that? No, we need leaders. That's what America is supposed to breed. Everywhere from the from, from the from the football field to debate clubs and elsewhere. That's what the Republican Party needs. That's what America needs. And as you say, this is a party. This is a, a country bereft of leadership. The people who are leading the Democratic Party are not leading the country. They're leading a very poisonous faction, political faction. Let's let's turn to then, if we may. Uh, the leaders yeah. of the mm -hmm. Democrat, uh, the Marxist Democrat mm. Party. Yeah. Let's start with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm. I don't think I've ever seen two weaker, less knowledgeable, yeah. less talented uh, politicians in any serious role whatsoever, in any serious right. job, let alone the top two jobs uh, in the right. federal government. Your thoughts? Well, I, I mean, Biden has got to be the... I mean, Harry Truman was famous. For, I mean, uh, you know that 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 the buck stops here. And and what do we have? We have Joe Biden. Is the is 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 exactly the opposite. Hey, don't look at me. We can't. The, the whole administration is. We can't do anything about oil prices. Hey, go go ask Vladimir Putin. You know, blame it on Putin. And of, and 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 of course, we know we know what's really going on. I mean, the whole thing is to transition because they they're saying it now. Transition to to uh, green energy, which is which is a preposterous uh, and extremely dangerous and destructive project. But yeah, I mean these people. I, I mean I, the, again, they're they're at the head of, or they are the avatars for the progressive political faction. I mean they're they're not they're not leaders. They're out front, and people uh, people behind them. Whether this is. Uh, partly the donor class, whether this is Barack Obama and others, are very comfortable using Joe Biden as an avatar so that they have no, uh, they that will never be forced to take responsibility for Joe Biden and his um, transformation of or his, his efforts to transform America. Well, let me let me ask you, do we do you think we know now where why Barack Obama uh, bought the mansion in Washington D.C. and it lives in D.C. Yeah, uh, the only president in right. uh, in memory to do so. Uh, it, it does make it handy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wilson did it, but Wilson uh, Woodrow Wilson stayed in Washington, but he'd had a stroke, so that's why Wilson was in Washington. Yeah, uh, I mean that that's what that's what Barack Obama has has been doing, of course, and and during the you know during parts of RussiaGate. Um, we saw him stick his uh, head up and say, "Yeah, it's me." Remember that leaked that that leaked tape of him informing um, uh, Democratic Party associates, saying, "Oh yeah, what Michael Flynn is doing is is terrible, and they should charge they should charge him with lying." Um, and, and so you know, Obama has, Obama has voluntarily told people that he's running the show. Barack Obama went around went to two different college campuses, at least University of Chicago and, and um, I believe Stanford was the other and to take ownership of America's censorship program, right? The, the progressive regime censorship program, which of course he calls fighting disinformation. 
But I mean, right. th- this is the, the but any man who's going to say, well, yeah, I'm going to take charge of the censorship, uh, the censorship regime. I, I mean, that's that's who's running the show. Yeah. And how long did it take for the uh, the idiot Biden administration to come up with the the disinformation governance board two weeks after he did that? Uh, perhaps less. Uh, right. Exactly. An idea right. whose time came and went, apparently, uh, thanks to the right. reaction for once. Uh, of the Republican Party. Yeah. So, right. well, because the, the person they chose was so absurd that, I mean, that, that was so absurd, right? Even, even, even Republican quizlings had to object, you know, and, and of course, I think we may have talked about this before, but of course they objected saying, wait a minute, she herself has put out disinformation. How can she be head of the disinformation board? Instead, they should have said, are you kidding me? A disinformation board, you mean censorship? But they protested on the grounds that she herself was guilty of disinformation. How preposterous. This is, it's un-American, a disinformation board, a censorship regime. And can you imagine the level of intellect amongst the Republicans who did protest based on her persona, uh, her (laughs) disinformation, her checkered background with disinformation, Uh, they didn't first say, well, wait a minute, this entire Biden White House perpetuates and uh, is prolificate in disinformation every day, targeting the American people with the most severe and stormy disinformation campaigns ever known to man. Every day, right? It's it's stunning. People talk about yeah. Chinese disinformation, Russian disinformation, Iranian disinformation. It's child's right. play compared to what our own government is doing to us. Right. We've seen it since 2016. Everyone went Russian disinformation. That that was Clinton disinformation. It was Democratic Party disinformation and FBI uh, disinformation. It is ridiculous. And and when we look at the uh, I, I have to say, we have to turn to Matthew McConaughey. Okay. You know Biden is in trouble when he has <laughs> to turn to right. a, a, a ham-fisted, uh, over-acting uh, thespian like <laughs> Matthew yeah. McConaughey, who overacted every element. His, uh, he was emoting in all the wrong places. His rhythm, his cadence, his connection was terrible. He was never in the moment, as they say in theater. I mean, McConaughey could have told a moving story. He's a Texan. I believe he was raised in Uvalde or close to there. He could have he he could have said a prayer. He could have talked about he could have talked about the lives that were lost and the tragedy and just said, you know what? The first thing we as Americans need to do is is mourn. It's a sad thing, and and look at these beautiful children. I mean, this is a terrible thing that happened. But right, instead, it's a it's a platform to push dangerous, uh, to push unconstitutional means on Americans. Right, which is exactly what Joe Biden has been doing. Which is exactly what Barack Obama, uh, you know, Barack Obama, famously instead of instead of mourning the kids. You know, who, who, who were killed. You know, he 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 pushes a, a a a reminiscence of George Floyd. Right? It's obscene. These they can't leave it alone. They can't leave it alone. Right? And the fact that these are Biden surrogates. The the biggest obscenity of all is he actually mm-hmm. said what he was doing. He said right. this is a window of opportunity. 
Right. And the Marxist left that drives the, the Biden White House uh, had to be gleeful, uh, right. their mouths foaming uh, in anticipation because they were going to reach into every household in America and take away nine millimeter handguns. They were going to take uh, assault right. weapons, so-called AR-15s. They were going to do it all, brother. They're going to have red flags. They were going to have background right. checks, see something, say something. And by golly, you know what we'll do with that, brothers and sisters of the left. And we do right. know. And it was just another craven uh, effort to violate the Constitution of the United States and to really insult the intelligence of conservatives and independents and Republicans and all and all who own guns, who own weapons to defend their homes, as well as sporting rifles and pistols or simply shoot clays and, uh, you know, plink. The fact of the matter is right now with this government, everything it's done, persecuting a president for seven. This is a seventh year of the yeah. persecution of Donald Trump. They've not found one thing that he did. He's not been found guilty of a single, single accusation. And it goes on and on through the lies and the deceit and the contempt of the Marxist left Democratic Party. And if you think Americans are going to let go right. of their last line of defense against the, the madness and the anarchy of the left, I think everybody in Washington, D.C. is sorely, sorely mistaken. Uh, and we'll find out uh, to their, it will be worse than chagrin. I, I think there may be um, no time since the, since the drafting of the Second Amendment that Americans have understood the real significance of the Second Amendment, which of course isn't about militias and it's not about hunting. The Second Amendment, it's important to understand, you know, for people to understand the context. And now we do, again, maybe more than any time since 1791 when it was ratified. And that is it was written in the context of fighting tyranny, defending against tyranny. And when we consider what has happened in this country, as you say, over the last seven years to Donald Trump, his supporters, uh, Donald Trump and his aides and supporters, People understand right. very clearly that tyranny is one is absolutely upon us. And the way I tend to see it is we are not the last line of defense. We are actually the first line of defense. It's the police that are supposed to be auxiliaries um, to all of us taking care of our neighborhoods and communities. We're on the front lines and responsible for protecting our families and communities. And it is the police who are there to give help when we need it. And if the police aren't going to help, if the police and law enforcement are instead going to turn on Americans, well, that's another arrangement that no one bargained for. But we'll figure that out as we go along. But, yeah, I, I, I think Americans now have a very, very um, clear sense of the importance of the Second Amendment, the importance of the right to bear arms. Maybe you saw the... Uh, an article written by um, Naomi Wolf. She put it on her Substack a few days ago, and it's really impressive because she comes from she comes from a very liberal milieu. I mean, her parents, who's 
raised in, in California, very liberal left wing parents. She, you know, yes. for most of her career, you know, I mean, she was an advisor to Al Gore, advisor to Bill Clinton. So she comes from a very left left wing milieu. This this was an this was not just an impassioned defense of the Second Amendment. It was it was her it, it was a story of her education. Right. It was it was almost like a, a 19th century novel, a buildings Roman, explaining how she came to understand, respect and admire the Second Amendment. So I, I think that it really captures um, the energies of the country right now, that Americans understand how important it is and what it is we're up against. Naomi Wolf is a, a, a brilliant uh, writer. Uh, and author. Uh, and yeah. even though I disagree with much of her politics, yeah. it, sounds like, it sounds like we've reached agreement on something. Oh, wow. the Second Amendment. Uh, I, oh, I said her politics have changed. Her politics have changed dramatically. I mean, you know, again, she used to, she used to be a you know, consultant or advisor to Gore and Clinton. And now, I mean, she's right. her, 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 her new book. I mean, she's out there going after Fauci, going after the COVID regime. Um, so yeah, she's, uh, she's really great and really impressive. Yeah. Well, enlightenment is a wonderful thing. And I, and yes. I, I'm delighted. Yeah. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to take a look at this uh, new book as well. I mean, you've got me reading here an yeah. awful lot. All right. I've got a stack here that's a building, <laughs> but I, I want to, uh, I want to turn as well to, uh, Biden. And the great mystery to me of the many mysteries, but the great mystery is, is I watch the corporate owned media as I watch the Democrat, the Marxist Democrats drive the Democrat party farther and farther to the left. Everyone is pretending that Kamala Harris uh, is still uh, some sort of noteworthy historical figure who has talent and depth yeah. and knowledge and is an extraordinarily charismatic figure that, uh, uh, upon whom uh, great, bright, illuminating uh, fortune awaits. Uh, I just don't right. see it. Uh, Biden is impaired. He has cognitive dissonance as a, as a matter of his daily, daily activities. Uh, there's nothing he can do that right. is coherent. Uh, he... And why do we pretend this? Why do we pretend all is okay when we have poll after poll? Three-fourths of the country say we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, over half of us say that the man is not mentally fit to be president right. of the United States. No president has ever taken as much vacation as he has. And no president, at least to my knowledge, has ever, ever given the press less access than this president. Right. What are we doing? Right. I mean, you know, I, I I have a friend who 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 calls it the you know who calls it the regime of make believe things they believe about Kamala Harris. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe they know something more about Biden's um, about Biden Biden's well being than we do. I would love to see that effort made because even the left wing owned media in this country will not be able to keep a straight face as she uh, bumbles her way through a campaign. Uh, yeah. She is, she received fewer votes than any other democratic presidential candidate in the primary. Right. She was the least liked candidate. Let's be honest. Oh yeah. Obama no chose her. 
Right. No way. Biden, not even, not even Biden is that far gone. So like, huh, who can I pick for my vice president? How about the woman who accused me of a racist in front of, uh, accused me of being a racist in front of a national TV audience? No, Barack Obama has loved her for years. Barack Obama directed all of the, you know, all of his donors in 2020 to, you know, go for Kamala. And she was a disaster. In a sense, Kamala Harris is Obama's revenge, uh, another phase of Obama's revenge against America. Here, I'm going to stick them with that. So, yeah, that's I mean, that's all she has going for her. And insofar as he can convince the press to push for Kamala Harris, he will. And the press will, uh, the press will go along as they have with every other Barack Obama initiative since 2008. The January 6th Democrats yeah. reach out to a former ABC News president slash producer yeah. to to direct to direct the the, the January 6th hearings. Uh, and this right. is a man whose principal achievements as a producer and uh, executive at ABC was to bury the story of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, and so his greatest contribution is to actually bury news, not cover it. Uh, this is hilarious yeah. what they've done. He is going to draw more attention than any one of the, the witnesses that they can bring before that committee. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I mean, it'll be fantastic, though, to see Adam Schiff and, and a top hat and tails. I mean, we'll, we'll see what this production looks like. Liz Cheney will be out there in a ball gown or something like that. I, I don't know which way it's going to go. But, Lou, you and I and, and your audience, we have either the blessing or the curse to now be living through uh, living through an age in which the Democrats are processing or turning every uh, every B movie about Washington and and Washington stagecraft into reality. So that's that's what we're seeing with them hiring uh, you know, hiring this ABC producer. This is a total takeover of the two storied de- well storied department and agency. Mm-hmm. This is is ugly a moment as I ever imagined in American history, the FBI would be publicly known to be politically corrupt to the core that there may be a decent person or two working in it. But if you're carrying an FBI credential or as a department of justice credential, the likelihood is great that you are politically corrupt and working and working for the Marxist Dems against American citizens. That's what we're witnessing right now. Your thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely. I mean, this is this has been my thought since I saw, you know, since I started reporting on the Russiagate stuff that the FBI um, has has essentially become now nothing more than a secret police force serving the interest of the national security state, which is represented um, represented mostly by the Democratic Party, though it has allies among Republicans as well, and it, it's it, it's a t- it's a terrifying moment. We we saw what happened with, you know, uh, 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 again we talked about it before, but Peter Navarro. I mean, I mean, putting 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 uh, a, 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 an advisor to a former president in, in handcuffs and leg irons. I, I mean, this is. This is, of course, they did the same to, you know, they, they, they broke down uh, Roger Stone's door. So, yeah, well, I, I, there, there can be no doubt now. And, and you know, the, the really amazing thing, I think, for 
you know, for for us and your audience is we, we are the people of law and order. You know, we, we respect or, you know, respect law enforcement authorities. And now we have a very different picture of our of our storied FBI, a very different picture of the Department of Justice. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm I'm of the belief that there's really no way to restore the integrity of these institutions. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm also of the belief that these same people have laid waste to our constitutional order. And what comes after will be decided by, um, will be decided by the victors in a, a very serious domestic conflict right now, which I certainly hope doesn't go hot. Um, but there are a number of, you know, th- there are a number of, uh, Dangerous points ahead. And as, as, as we started by talking about, I mean, if they go after Donald Trump, if they try to arrest Donald Trump, which is uh, it's been their ambition for, for several years. So that, that's why I say as shocking as it is, it doesn't surprise me if this is their goal. So we have um, we have some tough, tough times to look forward to. But again, I'm 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 confident. Uh, I'm confident in the future of. Um, of the American people. Well, I'm, I'm confident in the, in the American people. I'm a populist. Yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a yeah. conservative. I'm, I, I am a old fashioned, uh, Republican. Uh, by that, I mean, uh, I say what I mean. I mean what I say, and I don't go to the country yeah. club. Uh, yeah. and, and, and we, and Donald Trump has made this the party of working men and women because, and right. that suits me just to a T because I'm a populist. Yes. I yeah. want, the Republicans always representing working men and women, their families, mm-hmm. the middle class. I've been writing about it for 20 years. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, and I have to say to you, Lee, right now, I think it's even money, which way that the, the leadership of the Republican Party breaks. I don't know that they've got the sense or the judgment to stay quiet because suddenly you've got Mitch McConnell out bragging uh, that he's uh, knocking off candidates uh, who are uh, America first. Uh, right. In some few instances, Trump, by the way, is a hundred uh, wins for his uh, endorsements and yeah. six losses. That's a pretty good record for anyone. But Kevin yeah. McCarthy wanted that to gets blame into Trump the playoffs anywhere. Yeah, right. yeah and, but he, McCarthy wanted to blame Trump for January six. He's right. apparently gone through some sort of uh, uh, salvation process here. Because yeah. now Trump has endorsed him. I think that that right. is a terrible mistake, but there it is. Uh, we, we all make mistakes. Uh, but I, I can't even imagine having these weak-kneed, uh, lily-livered cowards running uh, the Senate and the House. No, I agree. But I, 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 think, I think we're going to see some, some good people um, in, in, uh, in November. We're going to see, you know... Uh, People like uh, J.D. Vance and Joe uh, J.D. Vance in the Senate, uh, Blake Masters, Joe Kent in the House. So I'm very optimistic about about some of the rising leadership in the Republican Party. But I I I, I hope I'm I'm not um, you know I hope I'm not boring you with with this. But I mean my my real optimism resides in the American public and how we you know we are all it's up to us to take responsibility. And to become leaders ourselves and our families and communities—that's that's the core of our strength, right there. 
our our, our blessed families and our great communities. So that, that's you know. And that, by the way, that, no. I, I you're you're not boring me, but you okay. are scaring me because yeah, right. <laughs> for this reason, uh, yeah. the Republicans like the Democrats have done yeah. so much to destroy the American family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've yes. gone along uh, with outrageous, outrageous uh, tolerances uh, and, and, and permissiveness, uh, whether it be uh-huh. the open border, you know, famously yes. George W. Right. Bush saying jobs that Americans won't do. Well, damn it, George, you know right. what? You elitist president. Uh, you, I, I, I just can't even tell you what I think of having said that. No American should ever think there is a job that anyone won't do. Uh, we, we were raised that, as Americans to respect any work. To respect that is really so well put. That's really beautiful. And, and I can't stand the fact that he said that because yeah. it's just God, sickening. It was a rationalization. It was an American value. It wasn't an analysis of, uh, of, uh, of our economy or our society. Right. It was a rationalization of a pro-open border uh, president who has done more damage to this country in so many ways, whether it's the Iraq war, whether oh, yeah. you know, the list goes on. And then to see right. this fatuous fool uh, be revered by the left is just sickening. Uh, but of course he would be. Uh, so I'm sorry. That's when you scared me because the American yeah. family is precious and we, and they have had more shovel with no. them than anybody. I, I just can't stand what we've done to the American family. We have a, a society right now yeah. that's in decline because of, uh, we've got evangelicals who are, are now second guessing themselves mm-hmm. and they're scared to talk politics. No one says anything about the black churches no. who talk politics. That's their right. It, and the right. evangelicals can suddenly be told uh, to kowtow uh, to some sort of uh, Marxist right. left nonsense about, and not stand up for life, not stand up right. for a, a country that makes these churches possible. Let me let me repeat that again. This country made these churches possible. And I know yeah. that these are supposed to be universal rights people talk about. But let me let me just disabuse everybody of that. These rights are American rights. They were fought for. They were won by Americans in the Revolutionary War, and they have been, been they have been secured in blood in the centuries since. These are American rights, and God Almighty has been kind and gracious enough to let us get through to this point. But we have a responsibility to preserve those churches, and these churches have a responsibility yeah. to preserve the country that makes them possible. And only fools. If you want to, if anybody wants to argue with that, how many churches are in China? How many are in China, yeah. in in Russia? How about give us another example? How many uh, in Africa, South America? I, I don't want to hear the nonsense. This country made this society possible. This great republic, wow. and these damn fools who want to talk nonsense, just keep it up, and keep living in a pretend world. But the real world is crashing upon us quickly. You saw how fearful, uh, how many t- priests and preachers were during the during the COVID lockdowns. I mean, they just backed down. They just rolled over and said, yep. "Yeah, whatever the government's going to say." I mean, that that showed that at, at a time when 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 American families most needed um, most needed a, sh- a shepherds. 
most needed guidance, most needed affection, most needed community, most needed witness, right? They all backed down and they, not, not all, but so many of them backed down and did nothing. Right. I, but I, 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 again, the way I see it is what did this do? In, in many ways, it pushed us back on the reliance of, of, of the American family. I guess we'll have to take care of ourselves. If no one else is going to take care yep. of us, we'll take care of ourselves. And that's, to me, is, is our real strength. The, the American family now is at risk, though, to, to that point, because uh, I've been talking about this. I mean, we're watching generation after generation. Testosterone levels are falling yeah. every 20 years significantly. We are <laughs> reaching a point where it is a crisis. We are having fewer children in this country. And we are not expressing our, but, but across that border come uh, illegal immigrants who will have right. children, not as many as before, but they have children. And the truth of the matter is they have more faith in the future than do Americans. Yeah. American working men and women don't have faith in the future because they're not having children. That is the surest statement. How much faith in the future do you have? That requires marriage. It requires a right. traditional family, and it requires having children, and more than replacement, more than two children. You, right. you, you know, this is a country that's not even looking honestly at what is happening to us and why. Yeah, the replacement rate's a, a very, a very good point. Um, and 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 you're right. So much has been stacked against the American family. And um, excuse me, because I, I don't mean to sound Pollyanna-ish, but I, I was speaking, but I'm going to give you another book here. <laughs> I was speaking to a guy the other day, uh, a, a, a veteran, an Iraq veteran who was terribly wounded in Iraq uh, by, by a suicide bomb attack. And I spoke to him the other day and he, he lives out, he lives out in the West, not the West Coast, but the West. Big West with big mountains. And he said, he said, oh, no, what, what I believe sounds like, is that sounds like my country. Well, he said, he said, that's the real spirit of America, the plain spirit. And I said, well, does that spirit still exist? Because there's a lot of people who, 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 who think it may not. And um, he said, oh, no, it, it, it still exists. We, we have there are cowboys out here. There are strong people. And he said, and by the way. It's not just kids in the rural areas. This guy named Braxton McCoy, Braxton McCoy, his book is called The Glass Factory. Great book about his story, about his injuries, about his, uh, you know, about his recovery and redemption. And he said, look, I, I coach wrestling I, I, and, and I see I go all around and it's not just the rural kids. It's city kids, too. That plain spirit, that pioneering spirit, that strong spirit still exists in this country yeah. and it is the backbone of this country and I, I said well god bless you man that that is great because people want people need to hear that message and then i'm going to point out 20 top uh, cities and and biggest metropolitan areas in the country democratically controlled they're raging mm -hmm. with uh, uh everything from the highest crime rates and uh in memory if not history uh, murder rates that are going through the roof, uh, uh, poverty uh, in the inner cities. Uh, re re <laughs> once again, uh, we are looking at corrupt cities, corrupt governments, mm -hmm. efforts to defund police. And by the way, that's where most people live. 
Not, not in the Wild West, not, not out right. in the rural areas or, or even metropolitan areas in the West. They live in those top 20 right. uh, areas. Uh, we're a country uh, right now, in my judgment, uh, we are at judgment day in this country. And either we start showing some judgment or we're going to be in deep, deep trouble. Yeah. I know you're concerned about John Allen, uh, the Marine General, uh, yes. uh, getting, running in, in, into trouble over Qatar. Uh, give, us, give us your sense about what's, what's wrong there. Well, I think it's a very strange story. You know, this just broke about how they're going. The FBI, the Department of Justice is now going after John Allen, uh, you know, retired Marine general. Um, and, they, and they're getting him for lobbying on behalf of the uh, Gulf Emirate of Qatar. Uh, what struck me as strange about this story is the way that the FBI is playing this is that Allen changed Allen helped influence policy toward Qatar. And that makes no sense that this has affected the Trump administration's policy toward Qatar. And this makes no sense to me because there were two people in the administration in the cabinet. That was Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and uh, Secretary of Defense James Mattis, who both knew Qatar very well and who would have been making the case for Qatar inside the administration. So the idea that somehow... um, Allen was responsible for changing this policy struck me as very strange. And then I started reading the the court documents and I noticed a very interesting exchange where they were interviewing former Trump. The FBI was interviewing former Trump National Security Advisor, General H.R. McMaster, who said he had no idea that Allen was representing Qatar. And this this makes no sense. Because when Allen when Allen contacted McMaster, given the way that Washington works, when Allen stuck his hand hand up and said, "Hey, I want to talk to you about Qatar," obviously McMaster would know something is going on, right? It it, it felt a lot like the Michael Sussman case, where uh, you know where James Baker said, "Oh yeah, I had no idea that Sussman was representing the Clinton team." Yeah. So, even though he was the campaign, I, I, I'm afraid that this looks like a Right. Absolutely. This looks like another strange FBI case. And it wouldn't surprise me, uh, given that uh, given that the timing is about the Trump administration. It wouldn't surprise me. This is another instrument to go after Donald Trump, as well as family members like Jared Kushner. So I hope your audience will 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 um, will look out and see how this story develops. Uh, There's a lot more to it, I think, than has been reported. I'm just afraid the FBI is so obsessed. Well, especially this FBI under the Biden administration is obsessed with going after Donald Trump, Donald Trump aides and Donald Trump supporters. So it wouldn't surprise me if this is going to be another instrument to target to target half of the country, to target people who didn't vote for Joe Biden. And uh, John Allen, of course, was an advisor to Hillary Clinton. So uh, it gets it gets complicated. Uh, Lee Smith. As always, it's great talking with you. We always give our guests the last word. Uh, if you will, your concluding thoughts uh, here on our on our marathon session. <laughs> well, Lou, I, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for, for bringing me on uh, today to have a great conversation with you as always. And um, it's always great to be speaking, you know, speaking with your with your great audience, too. And um, again, I, I, I know that things uh, that our country is going through a hard time. But I, I, I hope that uh, 
I hope that they share my optimism because it's not about it's not about events from day to day. It's about carrying on and um, and having faith and confidence in, 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 our, in our great country and in our neighbors and in our fellow citizens. I think there's lots of evidence out there showing, you know, uh, uh, again, with all with with all of the terrible trials we're going through there. Our, our forefathers went through a harder time and they left us a lot of help and a lot of information <laughs> among them is the Second Amendment. They saw really bad things. We are seeing really bad things, but we have guidance, too. And we have the we have their wisdom to be thankful for to get us through this time and to understand this moment. So God bless America and God bless you, Lou. Thanks so much again for bringing me on today. God bless you. Thank you so much, Lee. And I I do want to just say in conclusion here uh, today, there's a big billboard with the Bible uh, right next to it. And beside it, these words, when all else fails, read the instructions. And I love that. Uh, yeah. And I just want to leave that with everybody to to consider, or, or, or as you wish. Anyway, that's great. I've, 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 I've been reading. I've been reading the Psalms for the last couple months every night, um, and uh, it's not just it's not just reassurance and wisdom. It's it's guidance as well. A way yeah, to understand. A way to understand things that arise in history all the time: tyranny, brutality. And um, also our resilience, our perseverance. And we will prevail. Period. Yep. Come exactly. hell or high water, we will <laughs> prevail. Right. Lee Smith, thanks so much, sir. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Here tomorrow, we'll be talking with conservative commentator and comedian Tim Young. We'll be talking politics from the perspective of comedian Tim Young here tomorrow. Please join us on The Great America Show. Till tomorrow, God bless you and God bless America.